welcome everybody to this week's episode. We really appreciate you joining us. This podcast really shows us how we can all learn, live, and thrive off of each other. By sharing our knowledge through our conversations, we will impart some knowledge whilst learning ourselves how to progress even further. Here is your host. All right. Hi there, everybody. I am so glad you're joining us. If you've found this podcast, then you have found Keeping It Teal, the podcast that the Louisiana Foundation Against Sexual Assault puts out. And I'm Kelly Knight, and I'm the Outreach Coordinator. And I am here with Jillian, and she is amazing. Jillian uh, is a yoga therapist and trauma recovery educator, and I met her, and I didn't, y'all are just going to be so excited because she is, uh, she's amazing. I was, I was not uh, prepared to see how, uh, what an amazing background you have. So, gosh, tell us a little bit about your background because I, I was just floored. I'm so excited that you get, you're giving us this time with all your credentials. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much. I am so excited to be here. So my name is Jillian Vinta and I am a yoga therapist, which is kind of old in that yoga is ancient, but kind of new in that yoga therapy is a credential with this incredible governing board that came together back in 2013 to give us really strong standards. Um, so as far as yoga goes, I went through a specialized, uh, specially credentialed school that offered 1,000 hours of therapeutically based training so that's crazy things um that's that's crazy that's a lot of time it's a lot of time but um i found that even more so than grad school going through this program was so aligned with my purpose and so aligned with just who i wanted to be in the world and what i wanted to do with my time that the passion pushes you through, which was helpful because my program was actually in New York City. Oh, <laughs> so, right. Um, we're in Baton Rouge now. I've been living here for three years. And so I was commuting back and forth as I finished up modules for this program. Um, so bringing you up to the present, uh, I have a thousand hours of yoga therapy training, largely in the nervous system, but also related to how do we manage chronic pain? How do we um, work with people safely that are uh, recovering from cardiac events or from spinal surgery? These are some of the areas that I'm most interested in and some of the areas that I'm most likely to take clientele around. But this is just, it's incredible what you're able to go deeply into. (laughs) I can imagine. Um, And... (laughs) The reason I wanted to talk to you is because trauma is something that we always talk about when it is, you know, in the arena of sexual assault, because so many survivors do experience PTSD um, or -hmm. post-traumatic stress disorder. And I didn't know if you wanted to just tell us a little bit about how that works and 
you know, how survivors, um, or, you know, people that survive trauma react in that sort of situation. Right. So with regard to PTSD, I believe I am not a talk therapist, so I do not have access to label anyone out of a DSM or a diagnostic manual that a talk therapist would. Um, but I do believe that they recently changed the verbiage that they use for PTSD. It used to be um, post-traumatic stress disorder. Now they're calling it things like post-traumatic stress injury or even PTS, of just post-traumatic stress. Okay. So the way that someone in my arena would work with this is we look at what's going on with the person. We don't necessarily have to have them delve into memories that could be really upsetting and really uh, re-traumatizing. Right. The angle that we take instead is knowing that this is a physiological illness, an illness of the body and its functioning, we teach people to rewire their nervous system and to master their nervous system. So it's less about working mentally with people and more about making safe spaces in their body. And as I put forth the effort to master my nervous system and make a safe space in my body, I then start to cultivate the, t the tools to have resiliency to the things that I feel in my body that might push me into my mind wow. or to be able to start to digest trauma. Sometimes we think of trauma as being an apple, right. <laughs> a regular life situation that doesn't have so many of the factors of trauma being something that's really out of your control, something that is really surprising, right. um, something that I don't have tools to deal with. A regular life experience would be like taking a bite out, out of an apple, chewing it up, swallowing it, and assimilating it being able to make sense of and use of our experiences. In the case of trauma, it's like that, that apple going from your hand directly into your belly in its full form. So it takes a little bit of time. It takes a little bit of special work, but we can break that apple down. We can make sense. We can have post-traumatic growth we can take these experiences that are so dense and so heavy and ultimately use them in really positive ways. Wow, that's a that's I've never heard it explained that way and that's just such a different perspective and such an easy way to for somebody on the outside who who can't understand what's going on to understand what is happening for somebody who is experiencing these uh, this type of stress. I love mm -hmm. that. <laughs> <laughs> it, I mean, it helps with, with everybody because, it, you know, especially if you, if somebody is listening and they know somebody that has episodes or, you know, is re-traumatized at, you know, at times, that kind of helps somebody to understand how their body is processing that you know whatever it is that's that's causing the stress mm -hmm. so that's great i'm yep. i'm glad you you brought that up <laughs> <laughs> my pleasure it's actually a really interesting place to be able to work 
um, because you don't necessarily have to hear these really upsetting stories, and, and that's not what my training is in, so it wouldn't necessarily be very appropriate for me to take in those stories um, as a professional and also someone that needs to go forward with their own life. Right. It gives us a lot of angles for doing really integrative work rather than just confronting an issue and making it about your thoughts. We now have tools that are sensual, that rely on the five senses of the body. And ultimately, if, if PTS is an issue of the physiology of the body of not being able to downregulate and relax properly, we need body-based tools. Absolutely. And it totally makes sense that yoga would play into that. Right. Well, yoga gives us a lot of tools. Um, so yoga is not simply you go into class and you do a bunch of stretches. Right. <laughs> it, it's, it's actually an eight-limbed philosophy. So if you were to look at yoga as a tree that included all aspects of your lifestyle, you would have your ethical code. And those are actually the foundations of the yoga, any yoga lineage. You would have a code of ethics in dealing with other people. You'd have a code of ethics for dealing with yourself, making sure that you are being respected and that you're also being respectful of other people. And then beyond that, you have movements and care for the body. You have learning to train your mind. You have uh, things like sense withdrawal and, and meditation. These are things that work together but they're also quite separate and so one of the major tools that we work with in in yoga and also in trauma recovery is the breath okay and the yeah the important and the interesting thing about breath is there are all kinds of systems that happen for your body whether you think about them or not my heart will be I'll go through the process of digestion. I, um, <laughs> I'm going to grow and continue to have my cells grow and replace. My glands are going to function. I'm also going to be able to breathe even if I never think about it. So the interesting thing about breath is that although it is an automatic and autonomic function of the nervous system, it's the only one that we can also consciously control. Okay. Wow. That's, that's true too. And you, something that you don't think about, but yeah, it's, it's, it's something that you do without thinking, just like your heart beats. You don't have, you don't make that happen, but at the same time you can control it. Yeah, you certainly can. And so it becomes a really valuable pathway for reteaching people how to turn on parts of their nervous system that are supposed to work for a healthy person. But if you've been through a traumatic incident, sometimes they shut off. They get a little bit rusty. They get a, um, we stop remembering to turn them on, especially if we don't feel safe in our bodies. If we had something happen to us while we were relaxed, our body is going to do everything it can to very nobly safeguard us from going into that same vulnerable state. 
I don't want to let my guard down if I'm going to perhaps be attacked and not be able to defend myself. Right. Right. And I, I'm, you know, just thinking about my, my own experiences. If you're, you know, if I'm in a situation where I'm scared, I feel my heartbeat, you know, uh, increase, right? And I know that mm-hmm. I can use my breath to, you know, calm down, like my breathing. That will actually calm down my body physically. Right. You're exactly right. So is um in talking about yoga um so that's is that the main uh difference between therapy and somebody who does use yoga for uh you know a regular activity To be honest movement yoga uh-huh. is not always used in my sessions um okay often I'll have people show up that either are completely unfamiliar with yoga or or it's a or it's a source of fear for them for example if their life raft has been turning to a particular religion or turning to a particular spirituality there's no need to rock the boat and do what to them feels like yoga or looks like yoga when there are so many pathways to learning how to teach our nervous system the skills that it needs. Um, moreover, often I'll work with people that are have limitations to their mobility and really can't move around comfortably, or they've become so, so rigid in their bodies that there's not much available to them. We might still do movements, but it wouldn't necessarily look like a yoga class that you'd walk into. Um, we'll almost always use some kind of breath. We'll almost always use some kind of mental focus. But most of the time, our sessions are about, forget about, <laughs> I think it's really fun right now because we're having so much body, body positivity going around and that's beautiful. But oftentimes with trauma recovery, we're not at the let's become friends stage. We're at the let's meet and go on a first introduction kind of stage. So we're just practicing reacquainting ourselves with our bodies. Is this a place where I can find some trust and find some ease? We don't need to jump to being best buddies with our bodies just yet. Right, well that makes sense. I mean, it's, it makes sense that it might take a little time and you can't do things overnight, so. It, that makes complete sense to me. Yeah, it's an ongoing practice, and the relief around it is that as long as you're breathing, that's your practice. <laughs> wow. Yeah, and you, you can do it. You don't need to set either. aside special time. You don't need to do something special and sit on a pillow and close your eyes and meditate. You just need to do something that's going to allow your your breath to find some kind of ease and to offer you some kind of um, some kind of safety in the body. Very cool. And so, yeah, and that kind of addresses one of the, you know, one of the questions that I had had. You mentioned that uh, physical limitations don't apply here. So, 
because that that's you know I was thinking what if somebody yeah is just they they just physically can't do whatever it is that's necessary but if that's if it's breathing then yeah pretty much anybody can do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah you can always breathe and if you're alive you're in a body and, and there's going to be something that you're able to do to reconnect and to find sensations in it because finding sensations is ultimately how we come out of mental loops if i'm able to feel my legs on the ground or i'm, I'm sitting on the floor <laughs> so if i'm able to feel myself on the floor if i'm able to press my hands onto my carpet or press my hands into my shoulders and knead them. I am going to use that sensory experience to come back into my body, but in particular, out of the mental loops that go on repeat in my mind. Right, right. And when you're doing a session, about how long does each session take? Is it individualized? Because I know that you pretty much do or I, I think you mentioned to me once before that you do um, people one-on-one kind of a situation or am, am mm-hmm. I am remembering incorrectly? <laughs> no, you're correct. I A lot of my work is privatized individual one-on-one or if I happen to have um, a group with this, a similar kind of issue, whether it's um, molestation or sexual abuse or drug abuse those people can generally cluster together in very small groups because often the interventions will be quite similar the symptomology is going to be quite similar and those are the things that would normally impact the session as far as which movements are going to be most beneficial to this group what breath work is going to be most beneficial to this group there are small things that we tailor based on what we know about the body and how it responds to being in certain shapes. Right. Uh, yeah, okay, cool. And so, I mean, so that that's good because I think that probably if you can, you know, get a couple people together that have the same, you know, similar experiences, then that also adds to the whole experience, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, one of the things that, that happens as we learn how to come into our bodies, and I use the word down-regulate. You, you can think of that as being like the dimmer switch in your dining room to bring the mood from very bright down into something more calm and serene. As you down-regulate, you make it possible to shift um, your autonomic state, the state of your nervous system from something like fight or flight into something like rest and digest. And that's going to be the part, that's going to be the state in which you are able to form bonds with people. If you're running on a treadmill, very difficult to form a bond with someone. If you're running away from a tiger, very difficult to form a bond with someone. If you're ready. (laughs) Very good point. If you're ready ready to sit down with lunch, that's the appropriate time to form a bond. And our bodies are so wise, they know that. They know that when I sit down, it's going to be time to connect with my family, to connect with my friends, to digest a meal, to have a healthy sleep where um, 
my hormonal function is happening the way that it's meant to. Right. And so about how long um, do your sessions last? We typically plan for a full 75 minutes. Um, oh I do call them 60-minute sessions, though. So often yeah. um, when I show up to my clients either at their home or at a third-party location like a yoga studio or an office, um, we'll plan to be moving or in some capacity working on their yoga therapy. And then there may have be questions that come up or there may be some other things that we need to decompress together. So 60 to 75 minutes is, is about the normal run time. Wow, that's, that's a, an incredible amount of time to give somebody. <laughs> <laughs> now, this might be a silly question, so um, it, don't laugh, but is this something that you could do with somebody um, over the phone or through a Zoom or something like that? Yeah, this stuff is accessible to everyone everywhere. You can do these sessions over Zoom. You can do them over the phone. The only tool that you need is not so much my physical presence, but the actual connection and being able to learn the tools and apply them. And Zoom is a great platform for that. The phone is also a wonderful platform for that. Very cool. I mean, who would know that? Who would think that, you know, you, know, you could find um this type of therapy so easily accessible that's really cool and i think now that everybody is kind of getting used to using everything online from the past three months that it's it's a very good piece of information that you know for people to understand that they don't have to be right there in a class with you so i'm glad i asked that <laughs> Yeah, thank you for that. It's, it's been an interesting, <laughs> an interesting couple months for everyone. And then as we adjust to using platforms that allow us to stay safe and also nourish our homes, um, it's been interesting to get to lead yoga classes on Zoom. Um, <laughs> typically, I call into the to the Zoom line also from my phone, so I don't have to yell to my computer across the room. But we have so many options now. Um, the healing is available to anyone that seeks it, regardless of where they are, or regardless of how bad it is. That's another good point. Um, you know, this severity of some or what so, somebody thinks is severe, because we're all individual, and all of our experience or experiences are relevant. So somebody might think they're they're severe, but they really may not be. You know, and so it's always a good thing to look into because um, if you think that you might be, you know, suffering and there's nothing that can be done, it might not be that bad, you know, or as bad as you think because you can access help. Right. And to say that, um, that one case is worse than another, on my end, it really doesn't matter. Um, the healing is available. It's it's possible for everyone to heal. At the end of the day, it's reteaching your body something that it wants to do anyway, something that, it's natu that is natural to it. Um, so, yeah, traumas are all relative. They're going to be 
they're going to be slightly different from person to person. Triggers are going to be slightly different from person to person. But ultimately, even if it's even if it feels unworkable, it is workable. The body comes in with that nervous system for a reason. And not having established a healthy baseline doesn't mean that it's inaccessible forever. Your body still wants a healthy baseline and will support you in doing that. That is such a good point to bring up. And so that's because everybody wants to know that and they that there is something that can be done that there's help if they if they need it and that it's never too late or never too far gone and so that's such a good thing to bring up right thank you and i think um i think also people sometimes feel destitute right in that before you start the work it feels like it's going to be too big or too much or insurmountable right and once you get started with the correct tools with holistic tools and with a holistic treatment the work it, it's still going to be challenging you still need a lot of commitment to do it but it's not going to be as difficult as it feels before you see the the manual before you see the playbook for it right <laughs> if right. you don't have the playbook for it it's just you're grasping at straws, but there's so much healing that's available. It's, if I had known when I was going through my own struggles eight years ago, nine years ago now, oh man, I would have probably done things totally differently. But then again, I might not be doing the work that I'm doing today. Absolutely. I definitely think that you have found your place because, you know, when I talked to Jillian, uh, she is when I met her she was just so happy and just so excited to talk about what she does and you can really see it in her that this is she wants to help people and it was it was an amazing experience meeting you <laughs> <laughs> that was a really fun night <laughs> yes yes yeah but, you know, they always say things shine through. Like, when you're truly passionate, it just shines through. And, you you know, and people just kind of understand, you know, just from meeting that, you know, if it's something that's shining through, they just they just automatically understand. And so, yeah, you're definitely that person. <laughs> you definitely you. are there to, to help people and bring people um, into a, a, a brighter situation. <laughs> Thank you so much. I think it's really valuable to, as a practitioner, to walk the walk. Yeah. I think it's really easy to talk, um, but it takes a little bit more to walk your walk and to show the healing that's available. Yes. So thank you so much for seeing that in me. It's been it's been a while. <laughs> it's been a while of uh, honestly trial and error in the beginning um, until I came into this yoga therapy program and, and got the tools that I needed. I, when I first started this training, I enrolled for a totally different reason. I actually walked in on the first day of class and they handed out um, a trauma symptoms questionnaire. It was a, a class specifically about the nervous system. And I'm going through the trauma symptoms questionnaire and I went, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, and that, that was really the beginning of my healing journey. <laughs> wow. Yeah. You know, and I mean, some of us, you know, just from the stress, especially right now um, with COVID, there are a lot of people that have been going through stress. It might be something that they could, you know, maybe contact you about and just ask you, is this something that might be able to help me? I'm doing, you know, having these symptoms. Is this something that would be for me? Um, so, you know. If somebody wanted to ask you that or talk to you, how how do they get in touch with you? <laughs> That's a great question. The easiest way to get me is to um, is to visit my website. It's www.jillianjinta.com. Jinta is G-U-I-N-T-A. I am also all over social media. You can find me at that same handle on Facebook, on Instagram. I, I welcome questions in all forms, and then even if you visited any of those platforms, you can find my phone number. So, cool. so <laughs> don't be shy about yeah. reaching out. A lot of people have very disordered stress responses at this point, so it's uh, it's here, and it's pretty pretty normal practice for me to work with all of that. So don't be shy. Cool. That's great to know. I know that probably some people are listening to this and and just incredibly intrigued. I mean, I've learned so much, you know, sitting here talking with you. Um, so I hope that other people are just as intrigued and want to give you a shout out in hopes of, you know, finding some comfort. <laughs> Thank you so much. It's honestly like the tip of the iceberg with with the nervous system. We could go into this all day and it just becomes more and more and more fascinating. <laughs> I bet it does. <laughs> well Jillian thank you again so much I'm going to cut it short because it and I think that Jillian's going to come again and talk to us about some other stuff and um at a later date but it's been amazing having you and like I said she is just an amazing person you, you start looking at all her accolades and her achievements and credentials and you're just like oh wow I'm you know this is just an amazing person <laughs> <laughs> thank you so much Kelly it's been a pleasure I I love our community here and I'm so thrilled to help serve in any way that I can and thank you for your time yeah sure all right guys well this has been keeping it teal the opinions findings and conclusions or recommendations expressed in this podcast are those of LaFossa and do not necessarily reflect the views of the Department of Justice or LCLE. This project was supported by subgrant number 2017-VA015194, awarded by the Louisiana Commission on Law Enforcement through the Office of Victims of Crime Office of Justice Programs.